This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the New Books Network. Get a chair, grab a seat, or we'll sweep you off your feet. We move, we groove, you got mail. Ease your legs, rest a while, all you gotta do is smile. We're swell, can't you tell you got mail? When the show begins, you better hold on real tight. Or before you know it, you'll be high as a kite. Take a break, settle down, we're the only show in town. SRO, don't you know you got mail? Give it up, don't think twice, we're a hurricane on ice. What the hell, give it yell, ring your bell, show and tell. Mademoiselle, give a smell, you got Mel. You've got Mel. And Mel has Annette Whipple. Annette, so, <clears throat> um, you, you children's book writers, you're such a very nice crowd of people. You know, the ones I meet sure are. Yeah. You, so. others, yeah. So, so, so tell us, uh, tell us about you, about your, oh. uh, your childhood in rural Pennsylvania. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania, very, very small town, no traffic light, no stop sign along the main road. And it was a road, not a street. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, it really made me who I am today. Uh, I live four hours south now. I'm still in Pennsylvania. Um, and still fairly rural. Some people think that we're very rural here, but really, you know, I might have a few farms, you know, within a couple miles of me, five farms within two miles. But Amish, um, far- Amish farms. That's right. Yes. Um, live, in, live in Amish country. And, but it's still, you know, we're close to, we're close to neighbors. You know, I live in a development, you know, so it's, you know, I've got neighbors all over it. Um, and we still drive a ways to get to most shopping. I have a grocery store in town. My library or my town has a library. It's a small library, but my town has a library. So it's not that small of a town. So, but yeah, um, I'm here. I love it. Um, and here we are. So yeah, I mean, do you yeah. ever, do you ever go to big cities? Yes. <laughs> well, you, um, you've been to Philly and New York and London. No, not London. Um, been to, but um, I live more than an hour than, from Philadelphia, and I don't go there for just 
you know, an everyday thing, but we go on occasion as a family. Uh, we, it's been, I was pregnant with my youngest child when the last time I was at, in New York City. So nine years ago, I was in New York City. Um, we had actually had planned to go back this, this summer, but nope, that didn't happen. Uh, lots of things didn't happen, right? <laughs> so, um, and not too far from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we go when there's a reason, but not, not all the time. So, it's, yeah. it's actually really good these days to be far away from people. Hey, you know what? It's, uh, I really appreciate the fact that my kids can go outside and play in the yard. They can ride bikes around the neighborhood. And we don't have to be tight with everyone else in the neighborhood at the same time. Um, country living right now is a good thing. So... Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm a country girl. I like to visit the city, but I don't, I don't stay too long. <laughs> so, so, uh, and, and, and your childhood, remarkable things about your childhood, uh, because, you know, to turn into a children's book writer is a, it's a kind of a unique uh, thing. So how did it happen? Well, it, it, what it, a it, stupid word thing. It's fine. <laughs> so for me, Unremarkable childhood, really. Um, we didn't even have a lot of books at home. Uh, I, I remember a couple of books that we had, and I know that I I didn't visit the public library much, even though that there was one maybe half an hour away or so, but our school had a library, and I definitely took advantage of that once I became a reader. It took me a long time to become a reader, longer than, than the average child. I needed some extra help. Um, and then by fourth or fifth grade, that was when I was really, that's when I really started reading, I think, um, were, and enjoying, it. um, you were, you were smitten of, by reading. Finally. Yes. Uh, you, you came late to reading. I did. Um, you know, I, I needed some extra help in kindergarten and first grade because I was just behind. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I know no learning, no learning disability or anything like that to overcome just late. And okay. that's fine. But did that so. create some, like when you could read, did that create mm -hmm. some special love? You say, wow, you know, like I had trouble tying my shoes. So I've always tied my shoes different. But I remember when I learned how to tie my shoes any which way, I was very proud of myself. I think because it was a slower process, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, there, it didn't feel like there was a big revelation or anything like that. Uh, but, and I, and actually as a student, I did not enjoy writing. I was a reader, but I was not a writer. I did not enjoy assignments from teachers to create stories, um, or to write reports. And that was even, even through college. Um, I, I really didn't enjoy that. I do remember in high school, I had to research, I had to, do, I had to give a report, a science report. And I remember it was about headaches and I think I chose the topic. I'm not sure why I chose the topic, but I, got, I did enjoy researching it, but because I had to give a speech as well as the, you know, the written report, I was terrified. But I, I remember enjoying the research. Um, but even through college, I did not enjoy writing. Um, and it wasn't until I became a blogger and I began blogging to share my daughter's story with a speech disorder called apraxia. She, you know, it, it, for those familiar with, with babies, you know, they usually start talking around the age of one. Well, my daughter was 27 months old when she first said mama and dada. 
and that was in speech therapy. So she didn't have sounds, she didn't have words. And um, when she started, when she did finally start talking a little bit and making word approximations, I wanted to share her, her story with family because we don't live near family. And I also wanted to encourage others who were in similar situations. And so that was how I began blogging. How old is your daughter and now? She's 14. And she completely overcame what was a very dark diagnosis. And not everyone does overcome it, but she did. Um, so, you know, and so that's kind of where I began with my writing journey. Although I have to say, you know, a couple of years ago, I was talking to, to a college friend and she talked about how I would always send her letters during, you know, summer break, that kind of thing. And expected her to write back. I enjoyed letter writing and I didn't realize that not everybody did. <laughs> so, so maybe, you know, maybe I was a little bit of a writer, but not the writer that I am today. Um, after I blogged for a couple of years, I took some classes because I wanted to write more and I wanted to improve my own skills. I knew, I knew that they had already improved since I had begun blogging, but I wanted to do more. So I started taking some classes and then it's like, what about some writing for some magazines? And then it was in 2014 that I had my first idea for a book. And, and did you write for magazines too? Um, I started off writing for adult magazines a little bit. And then once I had this idea for a book, I really wanted to understand the publishing world as well as I was researching a lot. I, 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 I understood enough that it was going to take a lot of time. So I kind of backed away from blogging, backed away from um, some of the magazine writing as well, and just really trying to learn a lot and improve my skills. So, yeah. Okay. It's been a long and, road. Yes. And uh, we're here to celebrate uh, your first book, but it's not really your first book. So That's right. It's a great book. I, uh, I'm, uh, I, you, you sent me a sneak preview. Uh, I don't know whether I can tell people, but I just did, um, and it's wonderful. Um, but you've you've written books before that. How did how did that go? How come you have so, a first book and before that you have other books? I, I just you know. Well, that, that's actually a really good question, um, because in 2016, my very first book came out for children, and it was work for hire, which means that um, a publisher came up with the idea for this book and paid me to write their idea for their audience. I love it. It was written for the educational market. I have five books with the educational no, market. And then how does that happen? You know, people like thousands and thousands of people dream of this. Yes. And Annette Whipple does it. What's the secret? <laughs> well, Tell that's the secret. <laughs> my secret was attending a writing conference where I met an, edit, a, an editor who works with an educational publisher. That's how I got my foot in the door. Um, but writers who are interested in writing for kids and can do some research and really put their what they learn into kid-friendly language and make, a, make an engaging book, they can write for the educational market too. I, I actually have a, a class at KidLit Creatives um, where it's an on-demand video course. So if people are interested in learning about the educational market and how to get into it, um, but if you can't go to a conference and, you know, right now we can't, you can go to online workshops though, for sure. But you can also 
for those interested, they can also create a work for hire packet, which includes a resume, a cover letter, and typically two writing samples and send that to educational publishers so that they can get an idea of how your writing style and what you're able to write and what you're interested in writing, because it's a great way to get into the market, um, into the publishing world. And one of the great things is you don't need a platform to write these books. So, you, you know, you're not pitching ideas. You're really just pitching yourself and selling yourself and showing off your skills in those writing samples. But yeah, so my first, my first five books were for the educational market. And then this year I had three books come out. Um, three books in one show. year, three books in one year. Now um, this is the story of the Wright brothers and it is an early biography, very visual. It was a lot of fun to write and research. It was my first full book length um, biography, lots of fun to write. And this was actually work for hire too, but this was not for the educational market. This is you know, a book that would be in bookstores. And I didn't really explain that before, but for the educational market, those are the books that schools and libraries um, use to meet the needs of um, students, um, whether it's for research or to you know, match curriculum. So this is really just a, a book that would interest people um, who, who want so to know This is so great. More. You know, you sit in your bedroom, you <laughs> pull from beneath the covers these books that you've written. It's incredible. You know, I should, I should interview more people from their bedroom. I'm just thinking that now. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> just a little bit of fun. So let's see. There we go. Um, this is the Laura Ingalls Wilder Companion, a chapter by chapter guide. This was actually my first book idea. I had the idea in 2014, and this is what I really worked hard at. Um, you know, I wanted to, I, I knew it was a, I knew it was an idea that was marketable. I knew I was capable of writing it. Um, and I got the idea actually from, well, I didn't, I didn't know at the time it was a mentor text, but I was reading a book about Narnia with my kids, the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And it was a companion guide and my kids loved it and I loved it. And I'm like, I could write a book like this. And I very quickly figured out I wanted to write a companion guide to the little house books. And so um, it took a long time to make it all happen. So there are 75 activities, but there's also lots of information about Pioneer Living and the real Laura Ingalls Wilder and her family. So, um, Lots of fun. Um, one of my favorite features in this book, and 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 you know, 2014 to 2000, you know, to 2020. That's six years. I actually uh, learned a lot about the about writing for kids, and from the time I had an idea um, until it was actually published. But one of my favorite things are these fact or fiction sidebars, and I have those throughout the book because you know the little house books are historical fiction. They were based on the life of Laura Ingalls Wilder, her, you know, her childhood. And then there's one book about her husband, but they are fictionalized. And so how much of it was made up, you know, I wanted to know that. And I know readers wanted to know that. And I remember being a child reading and reading uh, one of the titles called The Long Winter. And I thought for sure she was exaggerating that winter, you know, it was blizzard after blizzard after blizzard. Who lives like that is what I thought. Well, <laughs> people in South Dakota or back then Dakota territory. Um, so lots of fun. And then this beauty, I just, 
Raycraft Books did an incredible job with this book. This is um, the one. That, this is the one that's the first book. The, this, well, um, the Lauren Goldswater Companion came out just a little bit. This is my first picture book, though. Ah, okay, um, first picture book. I knew it was I, first something, you know. Yep, it's my first picture book, and I just love what the publisher did because it's like eye candy throughout the entire book. Um, so. So there's the opening page, who's there? And then all those, you have um, the unforgettable call. So you have all the, all the beaks up here, the glowing eyes, and you see all the eyes, the fierce beak and more beaks. Um, and then these sidebars, but we have, I, so I that is a, not long. It's, it's, it's incredible. I had a wonderful time looking at the, uh, at the proofs, but now it's even better. Uh, where did they get those amazing photographs from? Um, they, they use the um, looking at the photo credits. I've, I've actually done that because I was curious too. And I want to say, I don't remember. I shouldn't try to guess. Um, Getty images was one of the sources for a lot of them mm -hmm. and then Shutterstock. So, and I, so I got to hold an owl during my research and I took a couple photos myself. I thought, I saw that. I thought that you owned that owl. I thought no, that it's, it's owl lives owl. in your back backyard. Oh, when in, that in Amish that? territory, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, um, so, so, um, we're celebrating this book, which is coming out in. You can answer sorry. the phone. No, no it, need to. Okay, um, even if it's your publisher. Oh, it said spam. I, I, I actually, I actually turned it on for a moment, and then I turned it back off. Ah. Okay, sorry, Mel. My agent on the phone. I'm busy. Come back tomorrow. So, um, so this is incredible. So this book is coming out in about uh, four months. Oh, it it came. This one came out already. Ah, it came out already. It, it did. It, it's oh, a new so, release. So people can actually buy it. They sure can. So and so, yeah. So and if they buy, if they buy it, this cover opens up, and not only is there that. Uh huh. Beauty, but it's a whole poster wow. about owl superpowers, and I'm I can't even back up right now enough. But um, that's one of the one of the bonuses of the hardcover, and it's just it's just gorgeous though. Yeah, I love what they did because owls are you know how how can they make any money? They paid you right. You didn't do it for free, right? Uh, they paid all the graphic design. They paid you, you know um, to buy a picture. From Getty, cost five hundred dollars. I hope they got a better deal than I do. Um, Let's hope uh, so. I don't know. They, they they got some incredible images. I mean, just that eyeball there. But um, we they they really found appropriate and beautiful photos. Mm -hmm. I, this is one of my very favorites. That barn wow. owl there. So 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 uh, who's going to buy this book? Hopefully, lots of teachers and librarians and then parents who see it in the bookstores because really, um, you know, it's the adults who have read it have really appreciated it and enjoyed it, but it's really meant for kids and just to pique their curiosity and make them think, oh, really? And, you know, just, just to have fun with, with owls. So th this was your idea. You pitched this project. So you must yes. love owls or you just... I do. You do I do. Owls. I've had a long fascination with owls. Um, when I was a girl, my grandma 
collected owl figurines of all sizes. And I didn't really learn a lot about owls as a girl, but when I, um, I, I was a teacher once upon a time and after college, my first teaching job was as, was as an environmental educator. And every week I got to take a group of middle school students out into the woods and we went hiking and we did, we did some, some um, neat things throughout the week, but it was a different group each week. So I actually taught about owls each week and we dissected owl pellets every single week. Oh, and I thought so you were going to say you dissected owls. Oh, no, no, okay. no, I don't want to do that. Um, so that was really when I became fascinated with them. And then, so I had a lot of background knowledge before I started writing this. Um, but I actually started, uh, I think I started writing it about 2015, maybe 2016. And it just wasn't right. Um, I wanted to write it um, a book for older readers. And I want it to be full of information because there's so much fascinating information about owls. But when I pared it down to be picture book length and to really, um, and you know, with each of those page spreads, having answering a, asking a question and answering it. When I pared down the information to do that. And then I also added humor in these who knew sidebars um, when I did that, that was when it's like, okay, now I've got a book because I, even though I'd worked on it for years off and on, I just, un, I, it just wasn't ready for any audience. Yeah, it was full of information, but it was still too teachery. And that was the teacher in me. Um, you know, it was, it was still just a little bit too, not, not quite engaging enough to really sell it to a publisher. So, so it, it is an incredible book, and I hope that uh, when we get this uh, online and on Facebook, please uh, write uh, the details where you can buy it. Please okay. write the details of, of the website where you help people. Okay. Um, I'm going to sign up for sure. I always need help. Uh, and, um, and you told me you were shy, and you, you don't sound shy at all. No, I'm, I'm not, no, once upon a time I was shy. Oh, okay. Um, not so, not so much now. Um, when I, probably for at least the first 30 years of my life, doing a presentation or even chatting, knowing that people would be looking at me online would have terrified me. Um, I, I mean, I remember any time I was required to give a speech, I was literally visibly shaking. Um, and um, something happened in my 30s. And hey, I'm, I'm, I love to teach um, even adults now. And even. and. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, my heart is really for the kids. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I was a teacher for about 10 years, uh, a classroom teacher. How, how, old and were, now, how old were your students when you taught? Um, I have taught as old as ninth grade and as young as first grade. But that first and third grade were probably my favorites when I was teaching, which is um, about six and seven years old and then nine and ten. No, eight and nine years old. And, and this book, this owl book, it kind of spans those years. It's, it's, it really does. It's not Who Knew by Annette Whipple. <laughs> is, I love that, by the way. Uh, very clever. Is um, a book that it's a picture book, but it's not a picture book. It's not like when we think about a picture book for pre-readers. It's a picture book for kids who can read. So it's like it, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. 
isn't it? Yes. It, you know, it's, it's an informational book. It's full of great information. But, you know, I've learned recently, um, inspired by a teacher friend of mine that really calling books like this a picture book might make those older kids say, ooh, no, that's for little kids. That's not for me. But uh, she, um, De my friend Debbie, she uses the term illustrated text for her eighth graders. She uses picture books with her eighth graders because really these days, so many books are written for older kids. So what, what would um, you call this? Oh, it, it is a picture book. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not a picture book for preschoolers. It's not a, it's not a book where you're going to have a three-year-old on your lap necessarily. You might and especially if they really like those visual images, but it's, it's really more for the school age kid. Um, but yes, it, it's, I do call it a picture book though, or alternate, alternately an illustrated text. Um, but it's, it, I just, I just love it, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's wonderful because it's educational and it's crossover and it's amusing and it's fun. Um, and, um, and this is very exciting to meet the author. And, um, and I, um, what I want to know is I have this theory about writers that I can share with you. Um, and I think that we all get stuck at some age, stuck in a good way, um, that our own, this is my theory, and you can shoot me mm -hmm. down in flames, that the reason I write for five-year-olds is because I'm a five-year-old. I'm, you know, I'm a bald five-year-old. Deep within me, I had some arrested uh, year when I was five, and I write to that five-year-old within me. I, am I alone in this feeling? I don't know that I do that, but I've heard that a lot of people do. So I don't think you're alone at all. I, I think, you know, we can really kind of, and finding the story, finding what sparks our interest, but I do feel like, because I write informational books, it's, it just pulls at my curiosity. You know, what do I want to learn about? What do, what can I spend a, spend a year or years researching and still be excited about this book when it comes out that many years later? Um, so for me, it might not be about the age, but about that personality trait of just asking questions and being curious. So does that make sense? I, you know, I, I try to make sense from most of my career and now I try and make nonsense. That's the difference. <laughs> so, so, um, so this is before I ask you about the Beatles, um, let me ask you the question that I've been meaning to ask you since I didn't meet you, but I, I read about you and that is why don't you write fiction? I don't know. <laughs> I've, I, I've never tried to do it professionally, like, you know, to have it published. And, but really, I think, I think facts are fun. And I actually, you know, for school visits and that kind of thing, I really try to celebrate facts. And, you know, some facts are sad. Some make us say, oh no. And some even, you know, kind of rile us up, but really I think facts are fun. And I just, I want to share this world with children. And I think the real world is pretty amazing. And so I, so I, so I draw from the real world. If I did write fiction, it would probably be very realistic fiction. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't write, I don't write any fiction professionally. I don't know how to tell you this, but 
really a really real fiction is actually nonfiction. But um, but you know what? I, I I'm willing to make a barter because I want I want to see what would happen to you if you wrote if you wrote fiction. I mean, you have everything. You know, you have a publication record. You have an agent. You have publishers that came no. to you. You don't have an agent. No agent. No I, agent. I sold these without an agent. For this one, I studied um, a market guide for hours and hours and hours. I just poured over it, and I I came up with just a handful of publishers that would be interested in history and activities, and that's you know that's a lot of that, and. Um, so it's not with a big publisher, it's with Chicago, Re excuse me, Chicago Review Press. Um, but they're, they're a mid-sized publisher. And yeah. then I met. Raycraft I is met, big. Well, they're, they're, um, they are an imprint with Benchmark who is yeah. big. Um, but they're actually a new publisher too. Raycraft yeah. is. Yeah. And with, um, I met my editor from Raycraft at a highlights conference. And if you ever have the opportunity to go, or these days do it online, they're, they're just incredible. Um, they're top-notch conferences with great teachers. Um, you know, their faculty come, you know, their editors, their agents, they are authors, but they are top-notch. And I met the editor there. Um, and he was interested in it right away, which threw me for a little bit of a loop. It was the first time anyone had been interested just like that. So it was very exciting. Um, and this, oh, can I tell you this? You can tell me anything. It's, you know, your show. <laughs> no, this is your show. But uh, the Annette, truth... You, you've got Mel means that you've got Mel. <laughs> so um, Who Knew is the first book in the Truth About series. So next, next year, next spring, there's going to be Woof, the Truth About Dogs, and then a the truth about spiders. We don't know the exact title for the spider book yet, but they will also be you know highly visual, all sorts of photographs throughout, and then with those um, sassy little funny sidebars to bring some humor into the story for kids. Amazing. So, um, I, so I, I have to say that I, I've uh, I've written several ma uh, manuscripts, one about a, uh, a burrowing owl, and one about a spider. So I should send I should send you to these now so you don't come back to me, you know, a year or two. Well, <laughs> but I, I have a feeling that um, you can be a beacon for other people, younger and older, because you seem to be willing to share a, a lot of the um, experience that you've had. And you yes. do realize that you are one of thousands of aspiring writers, you re you do realize this. Yep, I I feel like I have learned so much from others, from conferences, from workshops, from conversations like this. I've learned so much that I do want to share with others. And I, you know, I I told you I was a teacher, so I kind of naturally want to help others and teach them. So you know, I do offer those those on demand classes. I do offer critiques and that kind of thing. But sometimes it's just the conversations that get me. Um, I just, I just, I just, I just love to share what I know, and that's kind of how some of my first, um, when I was invited to teach, 
um, others. That's how some of those early ones happened was because I had had the right conversations with the right people and they knew what my personality was that I do like to share. And I have some knowledge to share. I'm still learning. There is so much learning. This kid lit world is always changing, but if I can help someone, I want to. We have to talk. We have to talk. Um, so I, I don't know whether you've seen You've Got Mail, but I usually embarrass people at the end, um, not what you think, uh, by asking them about the Beatles. You like the Beatles. Sure. <laughs> How's that for it? I, I do like, I'm not a passionate Beatles person, but I like, but yes, I like the Beatles. Okay. How's that? I'm not, I'm not. I, I'm I'm not a raging fan, but I'm I'm That's a fan. That's fine. But I haven't embarrassed you yet. Um, no. Do you have a favorite song of the Beatles? Can you name a, a song of the Beatles? Well, yeah, "Let It Be," "Hey Jude," okay. um, and 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 now um, to show how amazing you are, um, yes. I'm going to ask you to sing a few bars for our audience. Okay, Mel. This was not in our agreement because something that you don't know about me that we just didn't have time to talk about. I can't even clap and sing at the same time. I can't even sing Twinkle Twinkle on tune. Is okay. it in tune or on tune? I don't know. Okay, but so I'm that's... going to give you a break now. Which I've, never done <laughs> gonna... on, I've never done this on this show, but I'm going to let you off the hook. You uh, need to. because it's, it's, it's for everyone's benefit. No, no, because I believe, and remember, I used to be a scientist that um, everybody can sing. But once in your life, when you were six or eight or 10, somebody told you I met you singing off key for some reason. So I'm going to let you uh, off the hook from singing Let It Be if you sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> oh, I can't. That's still too cruel to your listeners, to your viewers. We can't trust do me, that. Trust me. Let them be the judge of that. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'll start for you. Twinkle. Twinkle. <laughs> Little you, star. Give it a try. This is the beginning of a new career. Mel, I, I have to refuse you on this. Really? It's that bad. I will say it for you, though. Okay, say it. Say I can... it but, say, but can you say it with feeling? Probably. Twinkle, oh, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are up above this world so high like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. There. This has been incredible. Um, I'm still going to get you to sing, maybe one of these days soon. Um, and uh, this was incredible. Annette, uh, I'm so happy that uh, you agreed to be my guest on this crazy interview show. Me too. It's and, been a lot um, of fun. Yeah, and um, I, I would like to continue offline. I have a lot to learn from you. Um, and um, at least I can teach you to sing. <laughs> you can try. I don't know that that'll work, but yeah, hey, I, I, if, I, if, I, if I can get paid to write books, maybe anything really is possible. You see, I, you have a ton to share with the world. And um, this has been uh, just a little tip of the iceberg of yeah. Annette Whipple. And I'm incredibly honored that you were here. And don't forget when we get this up, to put all kinds of, this is where I offer this, this is where I offer this, um, in, in brackets, mail for you, it's free. Uh, this is where I offer that. And, um, and my new book is here. 
and I can tell the audience that I've had a look, and it is. <coughs> woo! Thank you. And you know what? I, what I can tell people right now, in case they in case they get to to it before I type anything in, pretty much anything related to me, they can find at AnnetteWhipple.com. They can find links there. So that's a good start. Um, AnnetteWhipple.com. So and here. Let's see. I'll show this one more time. You can look at my name to see how to spell it. Absolutely. Eyes. Isn't that just well, I, beautiful? I, I have a feeling it'll be somewhere in the video. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mel. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Bye. We'll talk. Yes. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.